1: Folks, welcome back. Horticulture's Felder Rushing. And we got plenty of stuff to talk about if that's what you want to do. Our numbers, and it's a toll free thing. I'm here live in the studio uh, here on Friday. Saturday's free rebroadcast. But uh, if you want to give us a call live, it's real easy. It's toll free 1 877. That's the hard part. 877 MPB Ring. Mississippi Public Broadcasting brings us this garden party. I appreciate it. You want know, to give us a call? If you can't make it on the phone, uh, you can always email garden at org. I think I'm pretty well caught up on most of my, my emails, but... Um Anyway, we're going to be talking about gardening. That's what we do. Um, and there's all sorts of stuff going on right now. I want to give a, a couple of shout-outs first. Uh, I tried to get to North Carolina this this past week, but I got pushed back by rain. Uh, but I did get a chance to swing down to the coast to see what was going on down there. and Swung through Soche and D'Lo and Macon. Been through them all this past week. You never knowing that green pickup truck of mine is going to be cruising through with the garden in the back. Um this past week, I had some men put a new air conditioner system. While they were working on the duct tape up in the a duct up in the attic, I found some long lost things, including Java. You know, your your kids are at that you know that little age where they're going to do school plays and stuff. Have you had to do all that yet?
2: I mean, you know, yeah, well, you yeah, did like a like a Christmas program yeah. and, a, and a fall program. You yeah, you got to do the costumes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, now's your chance.
1: I'm telling you as an experienced older guy, now's your chance to do stuff that in the back of your mind you can hold against them 10 or 15 years from now. I'm telling you. You know, you can mess with kids and get away with it. And when they turn it, you know, if they ever do this, well, why don't you pick that up, Dad? You know, that kind of stuff. You can whip some stuff out on them. What I found up in the attic, including a a photo of my great-granduncle in his cotton patch in Montgomery County, was a clue about my now-grown marine son upbringing. I found his Christmas play costume when he was five or six. He was decorated as a cardboard cutout Christmas tree with a hole for his face, and it's all decorated, you know, like a little kid would do. It's great.
2: That was in your. It was in the attic.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I mean, he's thirty-something now, you know. But I found this thing, and this. I just. I, I don't know how I'm gonna. Use it, you know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, you do have to hold it against them. That's why I'm glad we got cell phones with all these pictures.
1: Yeah, and by the way, uh, my truck, if anybody sees my truck around town right now, uh, I have two words for people who wonder why it's not all pristine. Two words, love bugs.
2: Wow. I mean, Java. Phil, no, we just we talked all about love bugs on, on Creature Comforts uh, Thursday mornings at 9 o'clock, re-airs Thursday morning at 6 a.m. So, uh, yeah, we talked all about love bugs. And,
1: and what did y'all come up with? Nothing, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
2: But all, but we talked to um, Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic who comes on after Creature Comforts, and if you want to get them off your truck, Basically, you just need to use water, but let yeah. it soak and yeah. you know and, and, and wipe them off because they 're real acidic, and they can do some damage to your to your paint
1: yeah i don 't want that that bright new green john deere green of mine to to, to be chipped off anyway that 's just part of it uh, by the way, the Japanese persimmons are starting to uh, color up really well, especially on the coast. Japanese persimmons are fantastic. my horticulture's great grandmothers. Uh, Japanese persimmon was fruitful without fail for over 60 years, up in the middle of the Delta, till Katrina blew it over. Uh, red spider lilies are up. It's a good time to move some. If you want to move some red spider lilies, cut the flowers. I'll put them in a vase. That way you'll enjoy them longer than out in the yard. But now's the time to dig up. Transplant them because they're just beginning to grow roots. They had not grown their leaves, but also you know where they are. So if you like red spider lilies and you want some, this is the time to, to, to dig them, divide them. Uh, plant them where they get winter sunshine because that's when they have leaves, in the wintertime. Don't put them up against the north side of the house or up under a live oak tree. But as long as they get winter sunshine, they'll bloom great this time next year. Uh, also uh, transplanted some gingers and um Pinched a few caterpillars. I love butterflies, but those little caterpillars are eating up my broccoli and my caterpillar, and my, my broccoli and cabbage, so I had to smush a few of them. Uh, I hate killing them, but a guy's got to eat, too. Anyway, got a new sculpture in my garden, maybe from a crepe myrtle tree. We'll talk about that later. And I finally got around to clean up my potting shed, got rid of a bunch of old pots and combined several partial bags of potting soil and rearranged my tool. Might not look better. But it sure feels good. We're gonna be talking about gardening. If you want to give us a call at 1877 MPB ring. We're gonna start out just south of Mississippi border in Covington, Louisiana. Hey Polly, good morning.
3: Good morning. How are you? Yeah, fine.
1: I'm gonna be in your neck of the woods in a little while. As soon as I get off the air, I'm going down uh to to give a, a talk to a bunch of master gardeners.
3: And that was one thing I wanted to ask. Uh where is it gonna be? Uh, let me see. I have to I have to
1: look it up. I've got it on my my thing here, okay. uh, where is it? A North Shore. It's going to be at St. Tammany Parish, Master Gardeners. It's going to be at the Church of the King on Little Creek Road over in Mandeville.
3: Okay, okay. I know right where it is.
1: Okay. Now, um, now they charge I, for it, so, you know, you need to, you know, they got a, a really nice meal and stuff like that. But anyway, it's, just, it's okay. one of those things.
3: Wonderful. Um, I, I should know this, but I need your help. Is is it the right time to trim your uh, azaleas
1: oh no well you can it's not going to kill them but they'll go next year's flowers
3: okay see i had scheduled a uh trimming for monday i'm gonna call them Wh- when
1: well, the well, when here's the deal you know azaleas are generally roundy-shaped, okay? Yeah. If you want it to be tight and round like a hedge, there you go all your flowers. But if they've got some tall stuff sticking up here and there, instead of having them shear them, just cut them straight across, have them thin out the tall stuff. A lot of times you'll have three or four or five tall stems above the rest of the plant. You can reach down and make one cut where they're all hooked down in the shrub, get rid of the tall stuff, and leave the rest of it unpruned or bloom well. So, you know, they can thin the tall stuff out by just reaching down. Have them kick the bush first, make sure it's not a wasp nest.
3: Oh, okay, okay, I'm sure they know that. Thin, 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 thin.
1: yeah, don't just shear stuff, but they can thin out just the tall stuff.
3: Okay, so these are huge you, you think it's best to go ahead and do it now and then
1: no, maybe... No, I mean, if if you want to. The main thing, if you, if you cut them all back, there go your flowers next year. If you don't want to cut them back and start them over again, that's best done after they bloom in the spring through early right. summer, you know, up until the end of Ju- June or so, and then they still have time for new growth. But the uh, main thing, if you cut them, every cut they make right now, there go those flowers.
3: Yeah, I hear you. Okay. Oh, but they're just so overgrown, I'm afraid I'm going to have to just... Bite the bullet.
1: Uh, are they hiding in a window or something?
3: No. they're. Uh, it's creeping onto my driveway.
1: Well, you know, they, just have them carve out just what they need to cut. And, you know, every cut they make, they go to those flowers. So the fewer cuts they make, the more flowers you'll have next spring.
3: Okay. Got gotcha. you. All righty. Well, thank you so much, and I hope I get to see you later on.
1: Okay. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Toll-free, folks, one eight seven seven mpb ring There's a lot of stuff going on. I am going to be down in uh, in Mandeville. It's uh, the Master Gardeners. It's, uh, it's something that goes from 9 to 2.30. <clears throat> the registration st- started a little while ago, but uh, they've got a gourmet lunch. I'm going to have some books on hand for signing, but um, mostly I'm going to be talking about slow gardening, taking it easy. There's some other things coming up. Uh, most of them I've got written down here are for October, though. There's going to be a big native plant conference in Memphis, October 26th, 27th. It's a big native plant conference. they got people from all over the country talking about the, you know, not, not just weeds and wildflowers, but really to get the most out of using good, solid, dependable native plants in your landscape. Uh, if you want some more information about that, go to MemphisHorticulture.org or just Google the Memphis Horticulture Society. Uh, they got a web page and all. Uh, there's all sorts of uh, things going down at the MSU Coastal Research and Extension Center down in um, uh, uh, Biloxi. I stopped by last week and enjoyed spending some time with the Master Gardeners down there. They had a really, really nice day full of full of um, all sorts of people and speakers and events. I even bought a couple of plants from my yard. Uh, and then coming up in uh, Mobile on October 9th, there's going to be a, a a lady named Andrea Wolf. Uh, she wrote a couple of really interesting books. One is called "The Brother Gardeners," and one called "Founding Gardeners" about the folks who sort of got us started in horticulture in this in this continent. Anyway, this is going to be on October ninth. Uh, look forward to to seeing some see of y'all there. Uh, I've Got some other things, but they're a good ways off. But if you've got anything I can help promote, shoot me an email. Be real glad to be real glad to share pretty much anything I I can with you. Uh, let me see. What's something else I got here? Oh, uh, well, those are those are maybe the notes I've got. If you want know, to give us a call, we got a uh, couple of lines open. But let's go over to Flowwood and talk about fig trees. Hey, Heather. Good morning.
3: Hi. Good morning. Howdy. What's up? Uh, so my husband and I just bought a house not too long ago, and we haven't done much with the garden and the yard space yet, but we're talking about it. One of the things we would like to do is plant a fig tree. Uh-huh. Uh, neither of us know anything about gardening, so I'm just looking for general advice on, you know, when to plant, how to do it, things like that.
4: Okay,
1: good thing. first of all, keep in mind that fig trees can get really big, but okay. but they don't have to. I got an email, I'm going to share it next week from a lady up in the Delta who has a, a, a picture of, a, of a, a raccoon up in her fig trees getting them all. Commercial fig people, when they put their figs in the ground, they cut it off at knee high or sometimes just a foot, foot and a half tall. What this does, Heather, is it makes them branch out, and those will be the trunk of the tree for the rest of the tree's life. So you want them to start out kind of low. And then mm-hmm. about halfway through the first season, they'll cut the tips off that new growth to make it bush out. So that you start out with something with a few little trunks, a few limbs, and then every year after they get through picking, they simply uh, just, you you can cut whatever grew, let's say whatever grows this year, you cut it about halfway back. Okay. In in other words, you want to keep it compact, and uh, that's real easy. They need plenty of sunshine, and if you want to get the most out of figs, dig a wide hole, not a deep hole, a wide hole and loosen up the roots of your plant when you put it in the ground, and then cover the whole area with a bunch of real tree leaves. If you want to pretty it up with bark or pine straw or something, that's fine, but we need to feed the dirt, and you do that by putting leaves on the ground so that worms will dig it down around the roots of your fig tree. So wide hole, loosen up the roots, a lot of leaf mulch.
3: Sounds good.
1: What time of year is it good to plant? If it's in a pot, you could plant it pretty much any time of the year. Now, since you're in the Jackson area, there's a fellow who, I think he's down at the Farmer's Market on Saturday. I'm not sure. Uh, But uh, there's a guy named Don Cazeri who has his dad's old Cazeri fig. They're big. They're sweet. They're like honey. But if you want to go to a garden center, look for the variety called Celeste, starts with a C. Uh, the All right. b- brown turkey is real popular, but Celeste is probably the most dependable, most productive one for our ears. Celeste.
4: Sounds good. Thank you.
1: Okay, Heather. Hey, call any or shoot me an email.
4: All right. Thanks. Mike.
1: You bet. I didn't even want to get into my personal fig preserves recipe, but it doesn't use as much sugar. I use a little bit of extra uh, uh, lemon juice, uh, put some lemon slices in to help preserve it. I use half the sugar because I like to taste figs, not just sugar. Uh, let's go down to uh, the Gulf Coast to Ocean Springs. Hey, Hugh, good morning. What's up?
5: Hey, yes, good morning. Good morning. Howdy. Uh, I have several uh, milkweed plants, mm-hmm. and I've enjoyed the caterpillars and monarchs and butterflies several, you know, three or four times. You know, there's been a lot of iterations of caterpillar,
6: butterfly,
5: oh, yeah. caterpillar. And I recently, uh, someone recently just gave me another milkweed, a yellow milkweed. is in a pot, and I was wondering if I, can I... Go ahead and put it in the ground, and it'll make it through the winter. It's got enough time to catch up.
1: Well, if it's what they call the tropical milkweed, you know, it's kind of tallish and it's got long the, the fingers. The the leaves are shaped like your little finger. Yeah. And uh, you know, there's a, a, a yellow ribbon rib when this real popular, and there's a yellow variety of that. Well, they will bloom right up until a hard freeze, if you even get one. So I go ahead and, and put it in the ground. If you you know, if you. Uh, if you mulch around it, keep it from you know just drying out over the summertime. It should come back perfectly fine on the coast. It's is it's a perennial throughout the south, except where it gets a hard freeze, and you don't have that on, in Ocean Springs.
5: No, not really.
1: But it's a good. Uh, I mean, the monarchs are still coming through, but even other butterflies like it. You know, not just the monarchs. It's a it's a great milkweed, the tropical milkweed.
5: Yeah, I have a. It's a. It's a yellow one. I have. So I have tropical ones that have red. And yellow blooms. Yeah, and then I have some native ones that have this uh, really light pink purple blooms.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a taller one too. That's a little it's bit a bigger. Big, yeah, it's, yeah.
5: It's got it's got a giant stalk, you know, like big asparagus or something. Yeah,
1: and they should start to make uh, seed pods uh, pretty soon. But anyway, the, your yellow one looks like the the yellow and red one. The plant does.
5: Yeah, I think so. Like yeah, I said, it's in a pot. You yeah, know.
1: that's just a yellow version. Of it. Be sure to loosen up the potting soil when you put it in the ground. That's a, that's a huge mistake, gardeners. make. We don't want it to have a potting soil-shaped root. We want it to get its roots out in your dirt. So loosen up the roots, stir that stuff into your dirt, and it'll, it will just won't even miss a lick.
5: And then, so I guess maybe the middle of October I need to cut them all down so that the butterflies that are traveling...
1: No, that you know that's that's and I know there's a lot of websites about that but that's actually a myth. They will keep going. They will keep going. They have trouble with the with the the this tropical milkweed along the Rio Grande and along South Texas where it blooms all year long. Um, and a lot of the butterflies stay around there and a l- minor little problem builds up and it's gotten a bad press about it, but the general consensus right now is just you know, it, it, when you just get tired of it, when it's getting cold, go ahead and cut it back then. Not just for the butterflies, but because it'll help the plants. help oh. the plants a whole lot better.
5: Yeah, there's a lot of discussion about do they keep them, whether or not it keeps them from yeah. migrating and so yeah. forth.
1: Yeah, just, just like with the hummingbirds. Everybody worries about that. Don't worry about that. Just, you know, just, <laughs> just enjoy. But at the same time, when it gets cold, the things are going to start looking ratty. Go ahead and cut them back there. It'll help the plant. Uh, you know, okay. in, as, as well as the butterflies.
5: Okay. And then lastly, you know, I, I spoke with you, I don't know, maybe last February or March, about some native plants to put along the front of my house, you know, and I put in an abelia. Uh-huh. I put in, oh, I forget. The abelia makes really tiny little flowers, you know, it's a variegated time, and I like it a lot. And then I put in, I was thinking that the name would come to me as I spoke about it, but... um. Like a Virginia itea or something like that?
1: Yeah. Well, now, 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 that'll do better in the light shade. It's a native woodland plant. You know, it'll do okay in the sun, but, you know, if you got a little lightly shaded area, it puts on there, too.
5: It gets dappled sun kind of on the corner of the house. And uh, it had, it. I don't know if it's supposed to have variegated leaves or not, but it bloomed earlier, and it had these long uh, white blooms. Kind of like a cone thing yeah almost like a buddley only they were white yeah
1: yeah and and it was really cool terrific I, one of the one of the best hummingbird plants too it's a terrific plant
5: and in my salvia i see the hummingbirds on it all the time
1: good and good, i didn't good.
5: realize monarchs got on it oh, you know yeah, I didn't realize yeah. they had some kind of a proboscis or something to no, get no, in no, a little no, no, flower
1: no, shape no monarchs lay their eggs on Milkweeds. They'll the the butterflies will feed on anything that's got pollen and nectar, you know. But their their larvae have to feed on the milkweed, so you know that's 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 the reason for that. Not just to attract the adults, but that's that's where they lay their eggs.
5: Oh, and, you know. And I had some. I mean, I took some little videos of the. Uh... You know, I happened up just as they were coming out and as they were spinning their cocoons. And yeah. So my wife and I had fun videoing those and posting yeah. them in various sites. Well stuff. listen,
1: we got a scoop, man. We got a scoot, Hugh. Good luck on that milkweed. Let us know if you if any butterflies stick around. I don't think they will. And we're gonna take a real quick break. That was Hugh in Ocean Springs. We're gonna go to Fayette right after this. Got a few other things to, to chat about. Got some fun emails. Really cheesy music coming up in a second. But here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting, we've got programs Monday through Friday, all morning long. Local folks, national experts. National experts, we have to be local, and we bring it all to you here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Going to take a real quick break and come back with some more phone calls and got some emails to share with you, and uh, just want to uh, throw a couple of a couple of other things out that uh, I think are timely. Things you would help you if you're a southern gardener this time of year. Anyway, shut up, Felder. Take a break. We'll be right back. All righty, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's Phil Rushing talking about gardening with you uh, this uh, first day, last day of summer, first day of autumn, whatever it is. Sometime tonight, it's gonna, the days are going to start getting towards State Fair. By the way, there's there is an event coming up next week. I forgot to mention earlier. It's called Wells Fest. Wells Fest is uh, in a, a big shaded park just off the interstate on Lakeland Drive uh, in Jackson. Uh, they have it every year. All sorts of vendors and music and stuff like that. But my friend Lloyd Moncrief grows heirloom. Plants, mostly flowers, flowers and shrubs. Heirloom he grows them all year long, and uh, the funds that they raise are for a good cause. And uh, so, anyway, if you're interested in heirloom plants, you want to talk to a real hardcore, hands-on heirloom gardener, Lloyd Moncrief. That's gonna be at Wellsfjest in Jackson lakeland drive real close to the interstate now uh, and, and there's going to be some stuff going on next month like the fall garden day at crystal springs and uh, the Flora plant swap we'll talk about those later but we got plenty of time for that meanwhile let's go down to fayette or over to fayette hey jason good morning
7: good morning felder how are you today? I'm fine
1: what's going on
7: well i'm just traveling through uh, fayette heading north on 61 and i had a question okay uh i had a Let's see. I lived in Puerto Rico a couple of years, and we grew pigeon peas there. Oh man, and, uh,
1: cool, cool old plant. T- talk about an heirloom for like two or three thousand years of culture yeah. of that plant.
7: Exactly. But so uh, I I've been planting my spring garden already, and someone uh, sent me a little pack of about a hundred seeds, and I just wanted to know uh, what is your experience, or have you heard any experience of how well they grow in Mississippi? I actually live now in. Where you're going today in St. Tammany, Paris, uh-huh. I live in Slidell right across the, right, right. the bridge from Bay St. Louis. But, so knowing that where I live, um, how well do they do in Mississippi? I have read some things online. They've grown them as far as Vermont. But yeah. How well do they take to our soil here? In
1: well, you know, keep, keep in mind, mind pigeon peas is native to Africa. It grows in really poor soil so right off the bat you don't want a you know really good dirt or a lot of fertilizer you're going to get all plant and by the way i hope you got some of the you know there's some new kind of dwarf varieties that are a whole lot more productive and easier to pick than the than the wild kind mm-hmm. uh, i don't have any experience growing it i don't think it's going to be a perennial like it is in in more of the the tropics subtropics, like down the caribbean it's, it's a perennial plant there I don't mm-hmm. don't think it will be here, but it could be. But uh, what I would what I know for sure, let's wait till the soil warms up in the spring before you plant them because they like warm dirt. In oh, no yeah. other words, no in other words, don't be too early on those. And uh, I just don't know how much of a harvest you get the first year. I don't have any experience with. It. I, I just know it's a it's a sort of a staple plant. Mhm. And I, okay. I, I just, but I too, uh, J- Jason, if you would, if you could shoot me an email, I can do some real quick research, find out if there's anybody who's growing it locally and what they're long-term experiences of when the best time to harvest that kind of main thing is poor dirt not a lot of fertilizer and uh let's wait till it gets warm before you plant them
7: well slidell we have some pretty poor dirt we're known as the camellia (laughs) city of of, of louisiana and uh and so i grow mostly camellias there but um i'm going to try my hand at some you know things but i definitely will uh let you know and keep you posted as well and i will shoot
1: you an email well here's the deal with me jason i'm you know i'm an old guy i've been doing this a long time and i can't remember stuff i have to make notes to myself all the time sometimes i lose my notes but i you know i'm curious i got my curiosity up and unfortunately i won't be able to remember it unless you shoot me an email and we can both learn
7: something i i totally understand <laughs> I, and I'm, getting, I'm i'm climbing closer to 40 so I totally
1: understand. Okay, man. <laughs> uh, anyway, l- l- let's, let's, let's learn something together about this. I know you can have fun with them, but let's see if we can get the most out of them. You know, plant spacing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. All righty, man. Appreciate it. Hands on the wheels. Oh, yes. Have a good day. Thank you. By the way, I forgot to mention that, uh, that yesterday was, t- was International Talk Like a Pirate Day. International talk like a pirate day. I don't know if many people to uh, care about that, but Java. Let me ask you something.
2: Okay, because I got a question for you too. Okay,
1: what did the? Uh, why do pirates bury their their loot down deep, knee
2: deep? Ah, uh, no, that's a good one. I don't know. Everybody knows that booty is shin deep. <laughs> okay, okay. Answer answer me this question. Um, how did the pirate become a boxing champion so fast?
1: Oh, no, this is a new one. I thought I heard all of them. How did the boxer become a, I don't know, the pirate become a boxing so fast? Why?
2: Nobody was ready to take on his right hook. Oh, <laughs> ouch, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, you know the, the, the pirate who'd retired to become a farmer, he was selling corn, and he made a lot of money. You know why? Why? Sold him a buccaneer. <laughs> oh here's one here's one last one uh uh the uh captain the this first mate comes to the captain and says captain the ca- the the cannon be ready and a captain looking at him and says don't you know basic grammar it's the cannons
4: are ready
1: ah. <laughs> save us barbara barbara's from rose hill save us from pirate jokes
3: Okay.
1: What's up? How are you this morning? I'm fine, thank you. What's up?
3: I'm calling to ask about garlic, planting garlic. Yeah. Is it a good good time to plant now? And I've been looking at, uh, they're saying hardneck and uh, softneck, and what is the difference, and which would be better for our area? Well, the, I'm in central yeah, Mississippi.
1: Yeah, you know, they, they both do okay, the softneck typically do a little bit better but i planted seven different kinds of garlic two years in a row year before last and last year and they all did about the same um so okay. the the main thing is whatever you plant also get some at the local like the local garden center because they've been you know they know the garden center co-op if you got a co-op because okay. they they grow what people come back in asking for there's one called silver skin i think that's real popular okay. but it's a little bit early barbara i, I usually plant mine towards, um, oh, the middle of October so.
4: Okay.
1: A little bit early.
4: Perfect,
1: and um, have have you planted it before?
3: No, this is my first time.
1: Okay. Work up some dirt. You can grow it in a pot. You can grow it in a pot, you know, a big uh, five-gallon bucket. They don't have very deep roots and don't need a lot of potting soil, but they need just a little bit of fertilizer because their roots aren't very deep and, you know, the, the stuff will wash away. So what you can do is plant it, work up some dirt or get you a, a nice pot and put the cloves about oh five or six four or five six inches apart, so each one has elbow room. And and then uh, and they'll come up pretty quick. And just give them a little bit of fertilizer when they when they start to sprout. And then they'll do fine up until next next uh, spring. When the leaves start to fall over, that's when you harvest it. Okay. But but they don't have much of a root, so don't plant them real deep. And you know and fertilize them really light once or twice. They'll do fine. All right, then. Thank you. Okay, appreciate it. All righty. We've got plenty of stuff to talk about. I've got all sorts of emails like to, and this is a great one from a guy from Lawrence, Kansas, Zach Laffrey from Lawrence, Kansas. It's a good question. Do trees grow from the top or the bottom? <laughs> you know, it's a good question. I've actually heard it several times over the year. And the, the, the truth is, uh, new growth on trees, like and Vines grows from the tips of last year's growth. Uh, you know, the ends of the branches where the new growth grows. If you have a limb that's uh, three feet off the ground and you can tie a string around it, 50 years later, it's still going to be three feet from the ground, but the tree's going to get a whole lot bigger. Uh, anyway, it's an oddball thing, but we're going to, we got plenty of that stuff. L- Let's do some cheesy tunes. I got one because uh, I got an email from a guy who said he listens from his tractor because he's getting his hay out. So this is for all of you out there who are working hard for living to put food on our table.
0: MPB listeners pay attention to quality. They look for quality in their work and their daily lives. If your business cares about quality customers, look to MPB. Go to mpbonline.org/underwriting for more information.
1: All right, folks, lines are wide open. You want to give me a call and talk about garden gardens? I promise I won't try to sell you anything. I, pro- you know, if it's if it's, you want to go organic, I'm past president, vice president, of organic growers it's published by Rodale Press. I can do organic. If you got a little problem, you need to use a squirt or something that's not this synthetic. As long as you're safe about it and conscientious, I got no problem with that either. So let's just try to get along here and try to get our gardens. I mean, I killed some caterpillars the other day. Butterfly larvae, teenage butterflies. I squashed them with my fingers because they were eating my cabbage. You know, and I just hate to be putting that—that that sort of uh, what's it—cognitive dissonance. No matter what I do. It's going to be a problem. By the way, there's two things I want to share. We do have the lines open if you want to give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring Got the lines wide open. Uh, a couple of things. One is uh, it's, if you want to get your poinsettia, if you saved a poinsettia from last year, you want to try to get to bloom again, now's the time to do something. You can actually uh, pinch the tip of them out. And instead of keep on growing tall, they'll bush out with with more branches. If you do it right away, there's time for them to put out new growth in time for Christmas. But to get them to bloom, here's the deal. You need to make them think that it's nighttime longer than daytime. Make you a box, tape it up so no light comes in, big enough to put over it. And every afternoon, late in the afternoon, put the box over the plant. It needs sunshine and water, a little fertilizer to grow during the day. In other words, keep it growing, keep it put it on new growth, because it's the new growth that will come out red. What's on there won't turn red. Pinch it back a little bit, a little water, a little fertilizer, some sunshine, but every afternoon, late in the afternoon, put a box over it and leave it on till the next morning. Thirteen, fourteen hours of total darkness every night. And after oh, three or four or five weeks of that, you're gonna notice the new growth is gonna come out starting red. You can throw the box away or give it to the kids to play in or something because once you trigger it, they're going to go ahead and bloom. Uh, but again, it's a new growth that turns bloom if you make it total darkness for 13, 14 hours every night and keep it growing with water, fertilizer, and light during the daytime. Anyway, one last thing. I forgot to mention this. <laughs> this is a this is a really oddball thing, but today is actually a real special day. A lot of people don't don't even think about this. Since 1965, today has been World Gratitude Day. Now, Java, you got to look it up. That's just the way you are. you got to look stuff. World Gratitude Day since 1965. (laughs) I'm not not making it up.
2: So, Phil, I just want to say one thing to you. What? Thank you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, here's the thing. For, For... if you're uh, all we're trying to do, you're encouraged to take a little time to express your thanks for all the good things in your life. Just express, think about the good stuff. And really, there's a lot to be thankful for, no matter how bad. There's always something to be thankful for. Um, as a matter of fact, Kurt Vonnegut, uh, one of my favorite authors, uh, wrote in A Man Without a Country. He said, I urge you, please, to notice when you're happy and exclaim or murmur or think at some point. If this isn't nice, I don't know what is. Anyway, World Gratitude Day. Let's go up to Oxford. Hey, John, what's going on in Lafayette County?
7: Hey, Phil, thanks for taking the call. Sure. Um, I've got a hibiscus plant, with, and it's doing great, sitting on my front uh, entryway.
4: Uh-huh. But
7: three of the branches started wilting uh, last week, and I noticed like what looked like a white mold on them. I uh, looked it up, and it, it seems to be it's uh, mealybugs.
1: Yeah, little white-looking things? Yes. Yeah.
7: And... It has not spread to the rest of the plant. I sprayed it with seven dust spray.
1: That won't do anything. Okay, that. Here's the the
7: second area is not getting better.
1: No, no. Seven is for bugs that chew. It's a stomach poison. They chew it, they bite it, it kills them. You need something that's for sucking insects, which is more of a contact thing. And luckily for mealybugs, you could just use alcohol, and You could throw some gin on it if you want to, but yeah, a little alcohol and water would do good. Get a little squirt bottle or a cotton swab or something like that, and just dab some alcohol on them, and that'll do it. Pretty good job. But seven right. is only good for things that chew holes or make plants look ragged. That's it.
5: Perfect. Well, that's but good to know. Thank any, you very much. Anything
1: girl. that'll control aphids will control mealy bugs, but again, a little alcohol and water that'll do a good job too.
7: Uh, that's what I'm about to do. Thank you very much. All righty, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> I mentioned I had a. We got the lines open. Give us a call one eight seven seven MPB ring. Lines are wide open. I had a blast visiting with folks at the Master County. Uh, Harrison County Master Gardeners' at their Fall Garden Expo this past Saturday. Met some fun folks. Even bought a nice plant for my garden. It's a native maypop or passionflower vine. I got a little the butterfly called Gulf Fritillary. Gulf, it's a medium-sized butterfly, real pretty. Gulf Fritillary butterflies in my garden. Uh, and it lays its eggs on the passion vine, the maypop vine. And uh, the larvae just turn it to a skeleton, but they turn into pretty little butterflies too. Uh, I did burn up my rosemary though. Um... When I drove down, it was the first time I'd driven my truck since back in the spring. And my rosemary sitting in the driveway all summer got nice and lush and tender. And as soon as I got on the interstate, got up to about, oh seventy six, seventy seven, 76, 77, whatever, that wind just burned it up. The new growth It's coming back fine. I pruned it. But, uh, you know, just because it, it's like when you've been inside all winter and you go out and get too much sun too fast in the spring. You get sunburned. Well, anyway, guys, the garden's looking okay. There's a workshop on gardening next Saturday, uh, September 22nd, at Tishomingo State Park. Those of you up in North Mississippi, uh, Northeast Mississippi, Northwest Alabama, uh, South Central Tennessee, um, Tishomingo State Park is right off the the Natchez Trace right when you first get into Mississippi. They're going to have a workshop on gardening with wildlife. Uh, and also they can have a thing called Bug Fest out at Crosby Arboretum. Folks down in, in uh, the, that Lower Southwest Mississippi, North uh Southeast, uh, North Tissumi. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. Crosby Arboretum, Pickyun, Mississippi, Google it. They're gonna have a bug fest. Field day for school, homeschool groups, and and kids. If you want information about these, I can't remember it all. Go to, go to Crosby Arboretum dot miss dot or just Google Crosby Arboretum and take it from there.
4: Ah, let's go to Sue in Beaumont. Hey, Sue, what's going on? Hey, I'd like to make a comment and then ask you a question about some peppers, okay? okay keep the comment clean, Sue. Oh, it's clean. It's okay. Clean. Have, you, have you ever wondered why trees grow straight up even on, on the steepest inclines, like the side of a mountain? Mm, i got an idea about why. It's called positive geotrophism. I had to call all over to a, a college of professor told me that's what it is. Anyway, yeah. so I'd throw that in uh, when you mentioned about... Trees grow from the bottom to the top. They grow straight up on steep inclines because it's called positive geotrophism anyway. Yeah. Okay,
1: now now before you get to your question, I want to throw this out. Why do vines wrap around things?
4: Because vines and trees are different are different to Yeah, them.
1: yeah. But what makes them wrap what makes around them things? Do that? Yeah.
4: They're they're looking for something to support their weight, I suppose. That,
1: that's right. And when they touch when a vine wiggles around when it touches something, the cells on that side of the vine stop growing. The cells on the other side of the vine keep growing, it makes it wrap around, and that's called figmotropism. Thigmo means touch, towards Oh, that's touch. interesting. Yeah. It's a positive geotropism, figmotropism. You know when you rub a cat's back, a tail goes up in the air? <laughs> Yeah. Figmotropism.
4: Well, then well, I'm glad you told me that. <laughs> okay, I want to ask something about some peppers. Yeah. I had two packets of banana peppers, and I didn't plant them because I really don't like banana peppers. They're not hot. <laughs> Why'd you get them? I, Why'd, them? I got four yeah, why? pots of banana pe- of peppers out there on, on the carport and a couple of basil plants, but... So I watered them and watered them and watered them, and and they never would bloom or do anything. So I spoke harshly to them. I said, if "Y'all don't do something really soon. I'm gonna pull you up." Ouch. Well, within a week they started producing little peppers, and those things are as hot as habaneros. Do you think talking harshly to them makes them <laughs> get hot? Because they're, they're, <laughs> normally they're not hot.
1: Well, you know, Sue, I, you know, you're in kind of a rural part of Mississippi, and you know, people are gonna talk about you if you're out there. Cussing your peppers. <laughs> of course, they talk about us anyway, right? No, they—they right. they, got hot because there are some banana peppers that some peppers that are that are hot, you know. And it could also be. Do you have any hot peppers nearby? No, not at okay. all. Okay. Well, this the, the, and all of them this way. That's going to be the the variety. Hmm. They got some hot banana peppers. Hot as habaneros. No, 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 no. But I mean, I, lot, most people can't tell. Hot is hot is hot. But, I like hot. Yeah, well, it's not as hot as habaneros. I
4: picked. I picked the first one that came out. It was those big man finger, fingers. So I picked it. I was going to take a bite. of it. just and that thing was so hot. it Don't made tell
1: me. No, don't tell me. Don't you know? tell me. It was so hot it made you cuss. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, Sue. You're a you're a bad girl. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <Bye-bye. laughs> you know I wasn't raised this way. But it's real easy. Let's go up to Leela, up to the Delta. Hey, A.J., good morning.
5: Hey, good morning. How what's are up? you?
1: Fine, fine. What's going on? Are you from the Delta?
6: Well, 50 years, I yeah. guess I might yeah. qualify. You
1: know, I flunked out of Moorhead. I don't know if that's, you know, I'm you flower. don't you don't flunk out of Moorhead for being dumb because they work with you. You flunk out <laughs> for being stupid. Anyway, what's going on? I just need a
6: little help in, in blueberry uh uh trimming back and yeah. uh and, and an oleander uh I just wonder if it 's too late to do either one of them. And I need some directions on how to do them properly.
1: Well, first of all, oleander, where it's native, grows all year, blooms all year. So it really doesn't matter. But if you cut them back now, there's probably not enough time for the new growth to come out and toughen up before winter. And so an average winter, like last year, last year kicks them hard, but they'll come back. So the best time to prune oleander is probably going to be in the late winter, early spring, through the middle of the summer. So new growth has time to come out, toughen up before fall. Okay. Blueberries, every cut you make on a blueberry right now, there goes next year's spring flowers and berries. And so the two ways of pruning blueberries, A.J., is when you get through picking them in the summertime, you know, late June or so, go ahead and cut the tall stuff back then, okay? And then the stuff that come came up in the spring, the new growth from the ground or new stem, new twigs, pinch cut those back a little bit so they bush out instead of getting long and tall. So, prune the new growth that comes out in the spring, and then cut the too tall stuff as soon as you get through picking them and then just leave them alone.
6: All right, so it's too late now to do do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, this there's year. one there's one that grabs your hat every time you go by, you know, cut it off. But okay. in, in general, let's do most of your heavy pruning uh, in middle of summer.
6: Okay, sounds great. I appreciate it. All righty, man. Thank you much here.
1: You betcha. Bye. You betcha. Okay, now let's go to uh, Tremont. Hey, Joey, what's up in Tremont? Hey, Feller. good morning. Howdy. How are you? So far, so good. All right. My aunt
7: uh, showed me where she'd been throwing her magnolia cones or whatever you call
1: them. Yeah, sort of. Seed com- holders. Uh-huh. Seed holders, and that's
7: they, right. the woods, and they're several, eh, knee-to-waist-high. Magnolia's coming up. She said, I have every woman if I wanted to. Yeah. So, In
1: other words, she wants you to clear it out, right?
7: Uh, more or less. Gotcha. So, uh, when, when, how...
1: The best time is, uh, you know, if if you know where you're going to plant them, I might go ahead and dig the holes you're going to move them to ahead of time. That way the hardest part's done. And then sometime in the dead of winter, after we get us a hard freeze or frost or something, when they've gone dormant, you can move them from after, you know, the the first frost or cold spell up until, oh, the middle of the winter. So and they'll have time to get settled in Before, you know, before summertime, I wouldn't get too big one, Joey, because I can't really pick up a root ball that's, you know, bigger than I can put my arms around. If you break the root ball, the tree will die. See, got to dig, you know, something, oh, a foot and a half or so wide and deep, you know, about that big without breaking up the root ball. So the smaller ones are going to have a better chance than the big ones. If you dig the hole ahead of time, then, uh, you know, sometime in the middle of the winter when the yellow jackets aren't so bad, poison ivy, you can't see it, that's the best time to move them.
7: That right, what well, the the uh, stems of them, not stems, but the trunks of them, about like your little finger.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I, uh, you, know, you can, there's no problem moving a magnolia, the knee-high, waist-high, something like that. And by the way, you can cut them back and they'll bush out like little bushes with a whole bunch of limbs.
7: I do so, not help that. Yeah, you the, just tip yeah. the, uh, the top
1: out. Yeah, but the, the main thing is when you dig them, try not to get a root ball that's so big it breaks when you pick it up. That's the big Good. deal. And uh, hug, hug your mama when you get a chance. I do every time I see her. Okay, Joey, thank you for your call, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for your knowledge. Thank you. Oh, boy. Oh, before we go to this next phone call, let me throw this out. I got the coolest letter last week, the coolest letter. Where would it go? Here we go. If a guy named Russell Reynolds from Greenville. Russell wrote me a letter. He said, it's real short. He said, I started gardening when I was six with my Uncle Horace in Leland. Horace had a drinking problem, so it met with his schedule. (laughs) I love that. His uncle had a drinking problem, so gardening and gardening with his nephew met his schedule. He said he'd cultivate three-fourths of an acre behind the house on Deer Creek Drive and take a surplus downtown and a wheelbarrow to sell, and at the end of the season, give the rest away. He kept this up until his 70s. Well, I've heard of truck farmers. Never heard of a wheelbarrow farmer. Anyway, I love it. Horace had a drinking problem, so gardening met with his schedule. (laughs) <laughs> Let's go to Tupelo. Hey, John, how are you, man?
0: Hey, Felder. Good morning.
1: Good morning.
0: Uh, I was calling early spring, real early spring this year. I had a fellow helping me, and he was experienced cutting grass, things like that, so I thought he would know. Anyway, I said, cut all the brown dead stuff, like ferns and that sort of thing. Uh Anyway, he came and cut down pretty much everything, (laughs) including my native azaleas, all the flags, cut the hydrangeas, flat, dab down on the ground. Mm. And so since that time, uh, hydrangeas have come back, the green growth has come back, and of course the native azaleas didn't. And the flags, are green. My question is, there was no blooming at all this year. Yeah. Would you expect to bloom maybe next year?
1: Yeah, they they, they bloom in the spring on what grows. In the spring, if it grows off of last year's growth, well, all that was gone. Well, see, now you've got the, the stuff that's growing this year, sometime in the winter, if it's long and leggy, you can cut it back about a third or halfway or so. Whatever grew in 2018, you can cut it back next winter to by a third or half, and what b- grows off of that will still bloom. Okay. As, as long right. as you leave some of the previous year's growth, what sprouts out of that'll bloom. Cut it to the ground; they will sprout back out. But won't. same thing with figs.
0: All right. Thank you. Appreciate it.
1: Okay. I hope I, I hope you gave him a piece of your mind, or or you just shake your head and let it go.
0: No, I didn't. I was so mad. I didn't. I was afraid to say anything. But he could tell by the expression on my face I wasn't happy. Hey,
1: you know, maybe you weren't raised like this. I was raised when I was a kid. They used to we used to get switched. Our mother would switch us. Okay, and you know that sound a switch makes go through there, that little sound the switch makes? My my daughter can make that sound with her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> good luck on it, John. All right. Thanks thank for calling. All right, we're rocking and rolling here, but let's go up to Madison. Hey, Paul, good morning, sir. How are you doing?
6: Good Good morning. Better than I deserve.
1: <laughs> you know, that's what I say all the time. Somebody said you ought to say, uh, not too bad. But the truth is, better not – you know what? Santa Claus keeps track of that naughty nice thing, right? That's correct. Well, what's up? What can I help you with? Well, I
6: have uh, had uh, spider ladies in multiple beds uh-huh. and also uh, naked ladies in a bed. Yeah. This year, I only had a small number of them come out. Uh, the bulbs are still there. Yeah. Uh, what has caused that? Could it have been the cold this winter?
1: Well, it was, uh, the naked ladies of the pink ones are do June and July or so. And mine did, you know, didn't do that great either. Um, and it could have been that. Although the naked ladies actually grew up in the Michigan. Uh, the main thing is they need leaves. The leaves have got to get sunshine in the winter. And if yours are in an area that's gotten shady over the years in the winter, evergreen plants, on the north side of the house, and they don't get enough sunshine in the winter, they're not going to bloom in the summer and fall. So that's. Well,
6: they, they the, are actually in the sun, but I'm going to put in a new bed where. It'll be sunshine 24 hours, so we'll, we'll move those.
1: Wait a second. I'm going to call you sunshine 24 hours. Listen, I know it's equinox. We ain't got but 12 hours on the equinox. and No, well, no, tw- 12 hours wrong. on the solstice.
6: Well, I guess I got a little bit too exaggerated in that.
1: Yeah, it is 12 hours uh, on the, the equinox. Thing, you, have
6: mentioned the, uh, you have mentioned the poinsettia, and we have a large one mm-hmm. in a black pot. But it is putting out lots of new leaves right now. Yeah, yeah, so that's I good. Still covered, or do
1: you? Think yeah, 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 good yeah. The, the, what you want to do is trigger the flowering process, and you do that. You know, it happens naturally in Mexico. Uh, it triggers it by when the days are shorter when the nights longer than days. So if you start covering them up now, you know, with a big box. And during the daytime, keep them growing, fertilize, water, that kind of stuff. Then after, oh, th- four, five, six weeks, the new growth will start coming out red. So keep the new growth coming, but just start covered okay. up with a big box. That's
6: perfect. Right. Well, and I'll just make some something really quickly. Uh, you uh, made this lady's day a number of months ago when you went to see her uh, 100-year-old uh, plant, which was blooming and bloomed a long time. I know you've got pictures of it and all, but she still talks about you anytime we go by. <laughs>
1: T- tell her I said, hey.
6: Okay. I'll Appreciate it. Thank it. you very much.
1: All righty. Okay, okay, folks, if you want to, that's nice. If you want to uh, shoot in, in the Equinox, the days are 12 hours of 12 hours. So that, I don't want anybody, I don't want emails about that. Okay, we're going to squeeze in one real quick call in, in Bush, Louisiana. Hey, Ansley, almost out of time, but what's up? Good morning. My yeah.
7: wife has a nice um, sweet potato patch, and she wants to know when, how you know it's time to dig them.
1: That's a good question. Typically about three and a half or four months after they're planted. You know, 100 days, 120 days when they're ready. Um, you can start digging them now, you know, but you don't have to dig them all at once. If you want to, I would wait. Here's the, the, the problem, if it If we get a really hard, hard rain... After they've been dry, those sweet potato roots can split open just like a tomato after a hard rain. So, you know, what I'd do is I would, if she got enough, I'd dig some and see what they look like now. And uh, if, you, if she could wait another month, that'd be better. That'd be better. Whew. All sorts of stuff going on today, folks. You want to shoot me an email during the week, garden at online. Dot org. Gestalt Garden is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Producer laid back but hardworking Java Chapman. Phone greeter is Kevin Farrell, and he and Jason Klein and all of the folks here at MPB, we appreciate all that, that y'all do to support us. I'm your host, Felda Rushing. I'm going to thank all of y'all on this fine first day of autumn. Get out and my little garden. Uh, if you get a chance... If you get a chance, take a kid to a garden center or a farmer's market. Stop telling them to go outside and not come until supper. Take them on a field trip outside and see if you can show them an opportunity. Do what we do best on this wonderful, wonderful autumn weekend, and that's get dirty. Don't forget to drink water and get some sunlight. We're basically plants with complicated emotions.